Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. Evening all, how are we? Um, just going to go live on TikTok as well. Um, so I've got, oh, that was very fast. Um, yes, yeah, so we're live on TikTok. Um, hello to all of you on Discord, um, sitting in the lounge already. Fiona Miller, of course, Missy. Hello, Missy. Andrea Blueblade and Rebecca's 18. So for those of you that don't know what I'm doing, I am actually on a platform called Discord um, and I bob on here every Monday and Tuesday from six till seven and I will answer or try to answer as many family law questions as I can. And generally it's aimed at people who are going through the process, whether it be divorce, finances or child custody matters and they need a little bit of help um, with regard to their applications or maybe they just don't know what to do. Um, Hello, Amy. Right, I'm going to kick off with Andrea, who's the first person with her hand up um, in the lounge. So, Andrea, whenever you're ready, ask me your question. Hi there. I hope you can hear me okay. I can, perfectly, yes. How can I help? Um, So, basically, I am attending a first uh, disputes resolution hearing in court regarding a child arrangements issue on Thursday. Yeah. This second time my ex has tried to raise an enforcement against me. Yeah. Um, so I've got a couple of questions, if that's okay. Absolutely. The first, just what to expect when I get to court um, on Thursday. They've penciled this in for a one-hour session. Yeah. Um, then um, I'm I'm wondering because this is the second enforcement, and last time it was it was he was he was basically asked to leave court and not to come back. Would it be appropriate if I asked if 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 the case could be reserved for the same judges as we had last time for enforcement. You can, absolutely. But yes, you, you could, you, yeah. yeah, if the case is ongoing and there's been a fair few hearings, it's sometimes easier to have the matter reserved to a judge. So by all means, ask the question, definitely. Okay, brilliant. And would it be appropriate, my little boy's now six years old and in the CAFCAS report she's put, in future this needs to be kept out of court... Yeah. Would it be appropriate to ask for a bar to be put on my ex from applying to the court? You can, you can, you can always way. ask, Andrea. You can always ask. The success okay. of a barring application will obviously depend on how many applications he's made. If it's one, two, or three, you probably won't be successful. But you can absolutely ask. Yeah, you can. Okay. You can absolutely ask. The other alternative to a barring application um, is yeah. to. Um, ask for a direction in the order that if dad wishes to make any further applications after this one, that he has to seek permission. So at least there's that additional level that he has to go through. So I'd be suggesting that if the barring order is turned down and the court don't feel it's appropriate, um, then you could say, well, in the alternative, could I perhaps look um, for the court to make an order that he seeks permission to make an application if he makes another application? 
Brilliant. That's fantastic. Um, And then the very last one is, I believe that my school, or my son's school anyway, holds some important information which I want to use as part of my evidence in court um, on a system called CPOMS, which is where they record all of their welfare and safeguarding concerns. Yeah. Do you know where I stand in regards to requesting that information or if that's something I have to get the court to request? It's not that you have to get the court to request it, but if once you have it, you want to submit it as evidence, that's when you need the court's permission. So you want to be raising it with the court, court. but seeking permission that any evidence you get that you feel is actually pertinent to your case, you, you are allowed to submit Fantastic. Okay. Um, on on Thursday, what what is the running going to be? Is it is it going to be? Do I need to take my evidence, or is it just going to be more of an admin situation? So the nature of everything is what, in place. What's going to happen will depend on the previous order that was made. So if you have been asked or given permission to file any evidence, that should already have been done by now. Um, by all means, no, take. Been asked to do that. Okay, well then, well then you won't have to bring anything. Um, so if, okay. if if you haven't been given permission to file anything, then there's nothing for you to bring. You just bring yourself. Um, but okay. obviously, know what you're going to be asking the court for. That's the most important yeah. thing, and perhaps prepare a position statement. That helps. To have a position statement ready. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no. And well, what you, I'm wanting to submit. So it's not that you have it ready. You would send it to the court the day before and send it to the side the day before. Bring it with you by all means, but you should okay. you, you should already have filed that with the court. Okay. See, they've not told me any of this. But it's, it's only a position statement. Not everyone does one. Oh, okay. Because I, from previous experience, we went and they told us they wanted our permission state, though our position statements, right. before the next hearing, which was a fact-finding hearing. Okay. So that's when they wanted those position statements. So now, for a for a fact-find hearing, that was probably a different statement, Andrea, because that would have been a oh, proper okay. full-on witness statement with lots of evidence and lots of exhibits. A position statement is a one-page. This is the application before the court. This is my position. A couple of paragraphs. Okay, that's brilliant. all. Yeah. So if I write something up this evening and get it to the court tomorrow, that would be accessible. That's fine. Yeah, that'll be absolutely fine. All right. Wonderful. Lovely. Thank you very much for your help. You're welcome. Thanks, Andrea. Bye bye. Bye bye. Helen, you are next up whenever you're ready. Hello, guys on TikTok. Hello, everybody. Hello, Lynn. Um, Helen, what's your question? Hi, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Oh, fabulous. Um, So. I'm going through an amicable divorce. Yeah. And we have agreed how we're going to split everything. Yeah. Um, and we've gone, we've applied for the divorce. It's been granted. Like we can, like the first phase, you know, they say, yeah, that's fine. You can get divorced. Yeah. And we now have to wait till July for the second bit. Yeah. But we need to do a remortgage in May. So my question was, because we're going to, I'm going to buy him out of the house. So we're going to get everything signed over. Yeah. Um, and I was going to give him the money. And so we would all you know, be done and settled really before we've even got to the second part. So do we need to do the financial order or can we do a clean break order? So a clean break is a financial order, Helen. 
Um, okay. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. So it, it's 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 a financial order that we send into the court. Clean break is given to an order that doesn't have anything in it. So the parties have got no assets, no liabilities. They've got sort of the same amount of income. Maybe it's a short marriage and we're not dividing anything. We just call that type of financial order a clean break order. But in your case, we'd have a recital. So we would say things like the former matrimonial home was remortgaged. And as part of that, the applicant gave the respondent X amount. And then the respondent signed over his share of the property. So we would just record what's actually happened. And then the body of the order would say, and thereafter a clean break, if there was nothing else that needed to be done. So by all means, go ahead and do your transactions. But we will definitely be wanting to record those in a financial order. Okay, fabulous. And my other question was just yeah. sorry, another really quick one. Yeah. Um, I've got kind of quite a lot. I've been at my company like a really long time. They've got a really good share scheme, so I've got quite a lot of shares. A very good pension that I've paid into continuously since I was eighteen. Yeah. Because he kind of always refused to have a pension and only had one for about the last three years when they made them mandatory. Yeah. Now he, he's agreed not to come after everything. I'd say he's been very amicable. It's been you know quite nice. Um, do the courts ever kind of look at it? Because like you know financially, I look a lot better off than he does. Do they look at that? And could they? kind of override us absolutely if if, yeah if you're asking a court to make an order the court's going to want to make sure that order is fair and reasonable and how they know it's fair and reasonable is they're going to be looking at what we call a d81 and the d81 form is the form that we send into court with the financial order so that d81 and you can just google the d81 and, and take a look at it helen but that d81 will let the court know what the parties have by way of assets liabilities income and pension and yes they can refuse to make the order or they can at least push back and say well could you explain to me why the parties think this fair okay well, that was one of the big arguments we had over the years that he wouldn't pay into his pension. <laughs> so he absolutely promised he wouldn't touch mine. But okay, fine. Lovely. I'll look into that then. Thank you ever so much All right. for your help. No problem. Thanks, Helen. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, next person up is 615529, I think. 615529. Um, guys, it's fairly quiet in terms of hands up tonight. So for those of you on the TikTok that want to ask me a question, by all means, go ahead. Um, now is probably a good time to jump in. Um, 615, you're on mute. Take yourself off mute and then ask me your question. Um, I'm going to ask Steph to come up as well, because sometimes if you're new to Discord, it can take a few goes to actually get it sorted. Steph, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Brilliant. Can okay? I can. Yeah. What's your question? Um, I I have um, a a shared care child arrangements ordering with my ex partner. It's yeah. been in place for about um, three 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 or so years. Um, the relationship between me and my ex partner, even though we've been separated for eight years, has always been quite hostile. Um, I've always tried to personally have always tried to put the olive branch out, but it normally gets thrown back in your face. And I've got to the point now where I just do what I can to be amicable. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, try and avoid any conflict. Um, one of the things that's come up recently between my me and my current partner is that you know we'd like to go on holiday sometimes outside of term time. Uh, sorry, outside of the school holidays. Sorry, because yeah. obviously the school holidays can get quite expensive. Yeah. Um, and we were looking at maybe pulling him out of school a little bit out of school to um, take him on holiday for a week or so, just where it can be a little bit cheaper. Um, however. The arrangements that we have with um, my ex-partner is that he has him uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday during the week, and then the rest of the time he's with with me. 
Um, I wanted to know where I sort of stand if I did decide to want to pull him out of school out of term time. I know if I was to ask him and say, I'd like to do that, he'd automatically just shut me down and say, no, there's, there's, it's a no to everything I ask him, whether it be just changing holiday arrangements around to accommodate certain things or... Um, so you, so I, I, Steph, you're gonna you're gonna need his permission first of all if you're gonna try to remove the child from school or take him on holiday, and of course if uh-huh. you're not gonna get his permission, then you're gonna have to make an application to the court. All I would say okay. is that not only are you asking to take the child on holiday, that bit's fine, but taking the child out of school you may struggle with. Um, simply okay. because obviously we're not meant to be taking children out of school for holidays. So, mm-hmm. well, you know, when it comes before the court, you, you may not win that argument. But that will depend, of course, on what your case is all about. So, um, but ultimately, if, if dad won't give his permission, it's going to be an application. And the application that you're asking the court for, Steph, or that you're making is a specific issues application using the C100 and you want a specific issues order to take the child on on holiday during the term time. Okay Um, the other question I have as well is that um, the way that the school um, holidays are spit out they're spit out 50-50 but they're not court ordered as such they're in the recital because it's what we agreed at the time. Yeah. There's things that have changed over the years, um, you know, since we've, um, think, and we have been able to amicably change some things around. Um, but if I was to insist on swapping things around uh, to accommodate uh, my son's needs, um, well, not necessarily needs, but activities and whatnot, because um, uh, he, he does like karate and stuff now, so he does competitions and, and whatnot, um, I might if I was to say look, you know, or insist on keeping him for a weekend, but try and swap it for another weekend, for example, or a week. Am I breaking I think, the court order? If I it's think, a recital, yeah. Or uh, am I... no, well, you're, no. If it's a recital, then you're not in breach of the order. But I think okay. if you're if you're going to go back to court anyway, Steph, and get the specific issues order, I'd be asking the court to just make a variation of your existing order so that we can okay. we can just get some additional wording in. Um, the okay. the difficulty that you have is that your ex isn't it can't co-parent by the sounds of it, so it's just a block every time you want anything. A court yeah. order isn't going to be able to fix that because a court order no. is very much set in stone, and of course mm-hmm. life takes over, doesn't it? And you want to change things yeah. because the child wants to do after school activities or weekend activities and if it means that you have to keep going back to court because he says no then obviously that's an option available to you but essentially Mm -hmm. the court's going to be looking for him to begin to co-parent so I think therein lies the bigger problem so if I were in your shoes I'd be giving real thought to okay what do I need in an order the wording in an order to try to cover every eventuality because you know him better than the court will um and and yeah Mm -hmm. go go back and and have it worded slightly differently okay okay lovely that's fine I'll I'll think on that then all right then thank you Steph okay bye-bye there we go eggshell got there first eggshell what's your question Good evening, Tracy. Welcome back. Hello, thank you. How can I help? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Um, just, um, just a few quick questions. Sorry, I'll be wrong. I'm to be getting my car. Um, I've got a court order with my ex-husband, yeah. and I discussed this with you before that he was in breach of it. But also now, 
Um, my husband's employed overseas, ex-husband's employed overseas in Canada. Yeah. And um, saying now that he can't afford to pay for the mortgage payments on the rented property, which is obviously my income of child maintenance. Yeah. Um, in order, um, can I take him back to court for that or what's my best option? Is Is the child maintenance in the court order? Yes. Okay, and how how long? Sorry, when was the order made? Was it more than a year ago? Yes. Okay, so the jurisdiction will now fall back to the CMS, not the court. Right. Okay. So if it's a pure, so if he doesn't pay, if he doesn't pay, then you're going back to CMS, not the court, because your order's more than twelve okay. months old. Okay, because he obviously, with in regards to the court order, I have a lease agreement peppercorn lease on the property until my child's 18 yeah and then i'm I'm to receive the monthly payments um then he's saying he's going to default on the payments and then the bank will repossess the house right so that that doesn't sound to me like it's child maintenance though well you know you know i'm gonna say i I think you need to take some advice on the wording of that order because that that doesn't sound to me like child maintenance at all so it might be that he's in blatant breach of the order so what you need to do okay. is is have a solicitor look over that order and give you some advice as to whether or not he okay. is he has breached it or if he's going to breach it, what you can do. I'm, I'm happy to help. Okay. I'm happy to help if you wanted oh, to yes. e- email that to me. That's absolutely fine. Yes, I probably will. I probably will do that. That's yeah. great. Thank you very much. No Just worries. You. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Fiona. You are up next. Just before I um, take you off mute, Fiona, I just wanted to let everybody know that um, we have our resident experts on passports and child maintenance on TikTok. Um, They do try and join us when they can. They were here last night. They're here again tonight. Um, So by all means, ask them questions. Passports, I think, and I'm sure the mods will correct me. If you've got a passport question, just put passport before your question. Um, and Karen will help you. And if it's a CMS question, you put CMS in front of your question um, and Anne will help you. Uh, right, Fiona, you are now off mute. How can I help? Hi there, can you hear me okay? I can, yeah. All right, so basically I was with my husband for over 25 years. Yeah. Um, we separated in 2020 and he said that basically I'm getting nothing financially from him and I'm entitled to nothing. Okay. Um, he has a business running, he's got two vehicles, I know he has money in various different things, shares, pensions. Um, how do I know what I'm actually entitled to and how do I go about getting it? Fiona, are you in Scotland? Yes. Yeah. So I can only give you advice with regard the law in England and Wales. Okay. I I, I know for a fact the law is very different in Scotland. But typically, if you were in England, what I would be saying to you is phone a family law solicitor and get a one-off consultation with them. Get an hour's consultation so that you can go through with them what it is that you, um, what he has in in all the pots that he's got there. Mm -hmm. And then they will be able to tell you what you're entitled to. Now, again, in England, you will definitely be entitled to um, a share of his assets because after that length of marriage they're actually both of your assets regardless of whose name they're in but I don't know if the same applies in Scotland so I I tread with caution. 
Does this actually apply to after I left the marital home or only up until I left the marital home? No. Well, again, in England, it's until you're divorced. So regardless of how long you're separated for, that um, responsibility still continues. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, it, but that's in England. And until you get yes. divorced, you are still legally married, and therefore the assets are marital assets. Right. Okay. All right. But I need to check Scottish law, obviously. You do. Okay. You do. Phone, phone. Is is he in Scotland as well? Yes. Yeah. And all the assets are. So yeah. Speak to a family, a Scottish family solicitor, Fiona. Right. Okay. Doc. All no right. Problem. No. Okay. No worries. Bye. Bye. Uh, Spatel, I'm going to take you off mute. What's your question? Tracy, good morning. Hello, how are you? I'm good, um, thank you. Good, good, good. My question to you was, um, I'm going to child hearing in May. Yeah. I think it's called the FDA. Yeah. So the question is, do I need a solicitor or do I should I instruct counsel? That's the first question. And okay. the second part to the question is, what actually happens at that meeting? Could you elaborate? Yeah. So for FDA is first directions appointments. Um, yeah. I wouldn't suggest that you need counsel at an FDA. Um, obviously, it mm -hmm. depends on the complexity of your of your um, case. But yeah. the reason I say that I probably wouldn't suggest you need counsel is because at a directions appointment, the only order that can be made by the court is one that's agreed by both of you. OK, so at a final hearing, the court makes the order and then it's really important that you have somebody that's legally trained to be able to argue your case. So you, because there'll be cross-examination, everything. So if it was a final hearing, I'd be saying, absolutely, yes, do it. But because it's the first directions appointment, it will only be directions that are made unless you and your ex can agree something. Um, so that's typically what will happen. The case will, the court will want to know why the application's been made, what the application is asking the court to do, and what are the blockers in place to stop you two agreeing. And that may be, for example, she says you are an alcoholic, you say that you're not. So the court will direct that you provide hair strand drug testing. She says that the child isn't safe with you because of domestic violence allegations. You say that's an absolute crock. The court might have CAFCAS do a section seven or they might even list it for a fact find hearing. So that's what I mean by way of directions. It's just going to give homework, if you like, call you both back to then see, have we got a resolve now? Okay, so if if I turn around and said, well, look, I, I'll agree every other weekend, plus two nights in the week, and she says, absolutely not, then then where do we go? Well, then the court would say, why why aren't you agreeing to her? Um, and she would give okay. her reasons, and the court would make a direction to try to bridge that gap. And if she's saying absolutely not because the child isn't safe, well, then she may be asked to go away and write a statement which gets evidence into court as to why she thinks the court, the child isn't safe. And then you would be given permission to file a statement in response. And it's at that point it might then be listed for a final hearing for the court to decide. And how, how long do we have to wait for a final hearing? Is it oh, months? It is. Or is it quite quick? No, it's, it'll be months because you won't go from a first appointment to a final hearing. There's usually a couple of hearings in between. And generally speaking, in between each hearing, there's a minimum of three months. So I would say a good year wow. before you get to a final hearing. And that's if and it's straightforward. We, we've already got like a contact arrangement in place. Yeah. So will that just continue until the final court order is accepted? 
Sorry, say that again. And you've got a what? Sorry, we've got a, a temporary arrangement in place whereby yeah. I have my son yeah. every weekend, and yeah. she has him every second of the weekend. Is that I an get order? To see him during the week. Is that? No, a... no, we just got a oh, parental well, then... agreement. Yeah, that that isn't legally binding. So if she no longer wants to to stick to that, then she doesn't have to, because it's not it's not legally binding. It's not a court order. Okay, so right. then I could be left high and dry, really. Like... Yeah, absolutely. But that's the reason that you're before the court. Okay, thank All you. Right. Thank you're you, welcome. Rosie. Good luck. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Um, got a law student on the TikTok who says they're in their third year, I think. I just quickly read that comment and it's really hard. It is hard, but you've got to push on through. You've got to say no to all the temptations and you've got to revise and it'll all soon be over. Um, there's about 36 exams for those of you that are interested when we do a law degree. So lots and lots of revision is needed. I'm only kidding, but work hard. Sarah, you are up next. What's your question? Hi, yeah, I'm going to try and make this simpler than it is in my head. Yeah. Um, so before, so when we, before I made an application for a child arrangements order, yeah. um, my son's father was having him every Wednesday after school overnight and every other weekend. Um, there were safeguarding concerns um there wasn't enough evidence for this for the social worker to say she had safeguarding concerns that would impact contact um but she but there, there is an issue with him being very tired after contact and it's impacting his school on the thursday or it had been before contact was cut so the social worker, because he's disabled, he's got a social worker anyway. So she's the one that's carried out the Section 7 reports. The first report that she completed, she recommended no overnight during the week. Yeah. Um, because of the impact on school. And school have confirmed that there's, there's an impact on his behaviour, his engagement. Um, he's tube fed. They could even feed him one week was that bad so they've confirmed this um and i don't know if this is normal but the social worker had sent me the section seven reports to i think just to see if there were any major um faults or anything missing or anything so she kind of sent me like the head draft so i saw it all and then the day before it was due in she had obviously sent it to her manager and the manager has told her to reinstate the the Wednesday night overnight because there's no safeguarding concerns. And because, this is in an email, because fathers don't always want to be involved in their children after divorce and therefore we should give this father a chance. So what's your question, divorced, Sarah? Like, that, no, that's fine. I, I, I totally get the context. What's the question? Yeah. So... Um, so the 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 section seven that's going before the court yeah. is like the updated one, the manager one. Yeah. I know that the social worker has kind of argued her point with the with the manager, and she said no. Can I go to court and say actually the social worker who knows us very well has made a different recommendation? The manager who doesn't know us, who only read the the section seven report, actually at the the one the version she read, there wasn't anything in there about tiredness being a um, a trigger for his for his epilepsy. So there are things that are relevant that weren't included in the initial report. 
Yes, you can. can you you can tell. Yes, absolutely. You can, if you feel that's important, absolutely, you can argue that. Yeah. And can I? Will we be cross-examining, cross-examining the social worker? She said no. I was under the impression I could be asking questions at the final hearing. Only so. Saying... So the court will direct. If he, if the court feels that the social worker is needed at a final hearing, then that the judge will direct that they attend. And if they're in attendance, yeah. then yes, yeah. you can cross-examine. It has been that she will be there so um, if, to present the Section 7 report. So if she's there and it's a final hearing, then yes, cross-examination will take place. So... I can say to her, this wasn't your, rec this wasn't your initial well, you recommendation. Well, you can cross-examine her, yes. Yeah, okay, okay. All right. Okay, thank you. And can I, can I include that original report in my position statement? As long as you get, ev not in your position statement, no. You're going to have to have evidence to submit anything before, uh, sorry, permission to submit any evidence before the court. So ask the court for permission to file that. But you wouldn't attach that to your position statement, no. Okay, because we we've been ordered to write a position statement in response to the Section 7 report, as in, so, like, do we recommend... So that's... That, uh, sorry, do we agree? That's not a position statement. That's a statement in response. So, you, yes, you can attach. I wouldn't attach the whole report, because that's going to be a bit cumbersome, and you, you're giving Judge yeah, a lot, a lot yeah. of duplication to read there. I would simply be attaching the bit that you feel is appropriate. All right? Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Thank Thanks okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, Barry, you are next up. What's your question? Oh, you're on mute, Barry. Take yourself off mute. There Hello. we go. Hello. Good, thank you. How can I help? Um, so basically, uh, what it is, my my son's mum is uh, starting to refuse me contact overnight. Um, she's yeah. falsely accusing me of being perverted towards my son um, yeah. due to the fact that he sometimes sleeps in bed with me. Yeah. Um, and her her partner's like massively involved and like really really aggressive towards me and started threatening um violence towards me and everything yeah um i've today i literally done a myam uh urgent myam to get a c100 sign form yeah um i'm just trying to gauge um advice and information really on on like where, where do i stand because uh we have a we, we don't have a like a court uh, contact in place at the moment right. um so uh, barry has she every other weekend. has she has she stopped contact at this point or is she threatening to stop it um no she's 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 basically stopped contact from from as of sunday okay um, i dropped my son off sunday and she started questioning him on the phone whilst i was there okay and um her, her partner saying that i'm i'm not gonna be seeing my son again um and that he raises him and not me and stuff like that but i've always been in my son's life since he was born and how old is your son now? Um, my son has just turned six on Saturday. Okay. So absolutely, you're going to attach that MyAMS form to the C100 and you're going to be asking yeah. the court for a child arrangements order. And essentially, as a father with parental responsibility, your son has a right to have a relationship with you. Of course. Um, so this is this is what I said to her. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage you to to keep negotiating with them. Clearly, they have a view and you have a view. Um, rather than yes. I, I only say that because where parents are clearly unable to co-parent, and it sounds Barry as if she's not able to do that, uh, particularly. Very, very 
Well, and, and being, if I may, very disrespectful by allowing her partner to speak to you like that. You know, you are still the child's father. And whilst you two have fallen out, and I say this not for your benefit, Barry, solely, but for everyone else that's listening. You know, when parents separate... Just because you have feelings perhaps of, you know, distrust or whatever against the other parent, don't think that the child will as well. The child loves the parents unconditionally. So I would simply take a step back, Barry, make your application to the court, say that you want regular contact. You've always had regular contact. You've been a, you've been a regular source in your son's life. You've had overnight contact, blah, blah, blah. And I guarantee you the court will give you a contact order, regardless of what her partner is saying. Yeah, it's just, it's just obviously they're the, the false allegations that um, she's obviously um, you know putting towards me. Yeah. Um, let uh, let her um, let her she, raise now, the allegations though. Don't you don't want to be putting that in the C one hundred? In the C one hundred, you just want to say she stopped contact, and you are looking okay. for a child arrangements order. Now she will get an opportunity to respond to that application if she wants to, and let her raise the allegations. Okay. Um, uh, no, sorry, one final one. Where do I stand on, obviously, going to pick up my son every weekend, uh, every other weekend? Because she's saying that I'm not allowed him overnight now. Um, well, she can't say that. Only a court order can, can stop you from having him overnight. The school certainly won't get involved. Unless there's a court order, the school will say to her, look, Dad's got PR. If Dad comes to collect him, they, they, they can't say no to you unless there's an so order there's, in place. There's nothing to fall back on me, like, say... I, I don't take I decide not to take him back that night and take him back on the Sunday and obviously she calls the police that I like no, the, I, I, I won't get in trouble for no that at all. the literally the police will say you'll say look there's no court order we're involved in court proceedings at the moment the police generally say just go and speak to your solicitor on Monday um, right okay but yeah that that will be it really okay. Okay, yeah, because I, I was just really worried that, you know, it, it would go against me, if that makes sense. No. Because you know, all I'm trying to do is just see my son and, yeah. you know, be, be in his life. I mean, it's not going to improve the situation and she's probably not going to give you any contact at all then. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it is what it is, isn't it, really? What can you do? Yes, that's it. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you very much. All right, then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Um, right, Patsy, let me take you off mute. There we go. Hello, Patsy. Hi, Josie. Hello, how Hi. can I help? Hello. Um, so my question is about a business that my husband and I run together. Um, so we're just in the process of getting divorced um, and I want to leave the business. Um, it's basically the business is like two holiday lets and there's a business consultancy that he runs mainly yeah. and yeah. I do the holiday let yeah ideally I'd like to divorce him quickly and have no contact with him but he wants me to keep running the business with him um we've been together 10 years married for four yeah we're both 60 we set up the business about five years ago um he he claims basically so this is my only income um, and I've got three children who are dependent on me from a previous marriage, all in further education. Um, he's saying that if I leave the business, then I'll get no income. And he can move into one of the holiday lets and he'll probably sell the other. So the business won't have any income. Or he, I could keep running the business and take an income. Um, 
and he'll basically he's going to he'll run the business down to deplete me of any money unless I stay in the business with him. That's kind of pretty much what he's saying. Yeah. Um, do I have any? I mean, should I just suck it up and stay in the business with him? I don't know what to do. I don't know how I could stop him doing that. He owns the houses are owned in his name. Yeah. So he sent me his assets. He's got four times the amount of assets and cash than that, that I have. Yeah. And all the assets were built up before our marriage. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have any power. I guess if I give up the business, I give up my income and I'll just have to find another job. Yeah. But at 60, I'm not sure. What you need to do, Patsy, um, and I think you've been on before, I recognise that that beautiful cat that you've got in the picture, maybe. Um, um, But what you need to do is is have a consultation. That's what you need to do because there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of assets. We've got a 10-year relationship. We've got children from other relationships. We've got employment all interwoven with properties and there's an awful lot going on. You yeah, need okay. advice, essentially. This this isn't a question yeah. that you're asking me. You actually need advice. So drop me an email um, and we can arrange to sort out a consultation. Um, and that way, after the hour, you'll know exactly what you're entitled to. Because once you know what you're entitled to, that will help you make a decision as to what you're going to do. At the moment, because you don't really know what you're entitled to, and I don't, just from what you've told me, um, yeah. it, it's difficult for you to make a decision. Uh, for the best. So I think find out what you're entitled to, find out the assets that we're going to be carving up as a result of the divorce. And then you can, then I'll be able to tell you what you're entitled to from that asset pool. And from there, it'll be easier for you to decide. But right now it's, it's, I I, I would, there's just too much. Yeah. There's just too much for a question. All All right. right. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks, Patsy. Bye-bye. 615. Let's try again. Uh, see if I can hear you. Hello? No, still can't hear you. Um, Jade, I've invited you up. How are you? Hi there, sorry, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Hi there. Um, I did speak to you a while ago. Um, basically, so it gone to court um, because um, Dad was giving nasty allegations about me not looking after the children, not getting the medical attention, which obviously the judge did not believe. Um but things got quite nasty with that. Um, then the kids, you know, they hadn't wanted to go to contact for quite a while with Dad um, because he's he's just really quite violent and he shouts a lot and he's, he's quite scary. Um, so the kids had cut down contact. Um, so obviously I mentioned all of this um, to, to the judge. Um, and on the second hearing, um, contact was stopped um, immediately um, so they don't see Dad. And then next, um, next one is in May. Um, the children have got, we've obviously got CAFCAST involved as well, um, but the children aren't really opening up, um, especially the two younger ones. And I think it is just purely because their age, um, so they don't really want to speak about anything um, to some someone they don't really know. Um, I did, while I did have sort of a lot of concerns with with Dad, um, I recorded um, because it is so traumatic. The nights before the children were going to Dad's, it was like an hour, hour and a half of trying to settle the kids with them crying and just getting upset, you know, saying they don't want to go to Dad's and everything. Um, So I did record it, and since then I was told you shouldn't be recording, and the children weren't aware. Um, I was told that you shouldn't be recording. I'm just wondering, would that, could that be something I could use 
in court or would that go against me? It, I mean, it will depend on the type of recording. I wouldn't be advising to use that, I'll be honest, because um, nobody knew the recording was taking place. So I, I would be probably suggesting that you didn't use it, but it does, does depend on, on what's being said. Um, and again, if it's needed, you know, is it is it relevant? It may be that it's just not relevant. I think it is, well, it's the children sort of crying, saying that they don't want to go to daddy, daddy scares them. Um, it's all the things that we originally had safeguarding concerns about. Um, and my daughter, she's older, so she's, you know, saying the things that, that she should to the calf cast worker, but the other two, not so much. So yeah, I think the the risk the the I mean, what you need is advice. That's the first thing I would say. So this isn't a question that can be answered. You you do need advice. The thing to be mindful of with recordings, and I say this for the benefit of everyone else that's listening as well, is that if they go all the way to final hearing and you're cross examined, you could be accused of, and the court may be convinced of the fact that the children were coerced into doing that so you just have to be really careful with recordings okay um and as i say i would i would take advice on on that um and and then the recordings can be listened to by the solicitor and you can be advised as to whether or not they should be um submitted into evidence Okay, fantastic. All right. Um, how do I how do I go about getting a consultation with you? You can just drop me an email. You can just drop me an email. Oh. Um, yeah, and and that's fine. And I'll pick that up probably tomorrow or the following day, and um, we'll get that organised for you. Okay. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Um, Chanis Megan, you are next up. What's your question? Oh, Martin, let me get yeah, up. I can. Yeah. What's your question? Um, right, we spoke before. Basically, my partner, she was married 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, they got married. She got married 30 years ago. Yeah. Her husband bought the house at the time for £20,000. He paid for it. Yeah. They had five children together. Ten years ago, um, she decided to leave him. Okay? Yeah. Um, at the time, under duress, he literally you know, threw some money at her and said, You'll get 30,000 out of me, um, and then that's all you're having. It's now been nine or nine years ago. So nine years ago, um, hasn't paid a single penny. Yeah. Went to a solicitor um, who said, well, that was a percentage of the property at the time. That amount is now um, something like £58,000. Yeah. Again, had solicitor letter to him. He said, well, now I'm not paying you anything just for you being greedy. Question is... Um, she's now proceeding to court. If it goes to court, will all that be negated and we'll start at 50-50? And there's probably about £250,000 equity in the property. Possibly. Um, I, again, on such limited information, I don't know. And that, that would be borderline advice, which obviously I can't give on Discord. But possibly. I mean, will it be will it be all be taken into account? Absolutely it will. Will the final outcome be 50-50? Possibly not. Um, because we, we have to, there's so many factors that we have to look at and not just, you know, the, the verbal agreement that was made between them both. So we're going to look at the needs of the parties as well as what they're legally entitled to. Does that make sense? So the, yeah, so the fact that he paid at the beginning, which was £20,000. Yeah. That'll be um, that'll be taken didn't. into account. That'll be taken. Oh, you mean paid her? Pay, paid paid no, what? 
heat pipe the house 30 years ago is 20 oh yeah well that 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 doesn't matter that was 30 years ago that won't be taken into account now that's gone that's been absorbed into the marriage so no she, I, I would yeah. say she's doing the right thing by applying for a financial order no that's fine then because as I stand there I'm not giving you anything that's, that's all with the advice you needed really she's going to proceed to court then good that's brilliant okay fabulous Lovely. thank all you right. very much you're welcome bye 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 uh, Mart you are up next let me take you off mute how are you how are you Tris I'm good thank you how can I help right uh, a couple of you tonight yeah um, so the first part is my ex is ignoring the financial order communication from my solicitor. I have domestic abuse registered against him with the police. How can I force the financial order through court as I can't afford to keep paying solicitor fees when he's ignoring all aspects of the divorce and is using this to try and control me? Well, with finances, is it, Mark, did you say? Yeah? Yeah, Yeah. financial order. Yeah, so with finances, we only have three hearings... So I would say that she's just got to, you know, dig deep and keep going because once she gets to the third hearing, then the court can make an order. So I would just be, you know, doing the best that she can. Don't be adjourning hearings. Sometimes solicitors say, well, let's adjourn it, let's adjourn it, let's wait for him to, you know, give us some more evidence. I'd be just steaming ahead because as soon as we get to the final hearing, the court can make the order and then she's at the finish line then. Right, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the next one I have, X took me to court and not produced documents of DV perpetrator. Anger management course completed and no medical reports. They've given him one chance to get them. We are waiting a Kafkas for child arrangements. Yeah. Would this be possible for contact centre as child doesn't know him and I don't want him, don't want to see him because of emotional abuse? So and he is almost meant to be drug tested as he uses. It looks like he's under harder drugs and scares child safety. Okay. So I, I suspect that we're a long way off a supervised contact centre for lots of reasons. We're going to have to do some drug testing, first of all. The court's going to want to be assured that he's going to be okay to even have supervised contact. But more importantly, if the child doesn't know this person, we won't be starting with supervised contact. We'll be doing a very gentle introduction. And that might be, depending on the age of the child, it might be some indirect contact first, i.e. FaceTime, etc., phone calls. Again, I don't know without knowing the age of the child. Or it might be just, you know, very short introductions just to introduce the child to the person. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about going straight to the contact centre. Um, and obviously, if there's issues of domestic violence, then, you know, she's got no need to worry. The court's not going to place her in a position of danger. They will take all that into account. OK, April, And I have one more for you. Yeah. Um, it's for a dad. Um I'll try and get through this as fast as I can. Yeah. Um, I have little girls since August. Baby man has stopped playing games. Uh, long story short, provided I have contact went down Boxing Day to get presents, no answer. She's blocked me on all social media. Uh, Mum has a new man in her life and wants the new man to be the baby's dad and me out of her life. Um, I tried contacting by emails and Facebook. I'm blocked on everything. Um... I'm not a bad person. Um, I'd be making video contact at a time we both agree, but just fail all the time. She changes the time, but never stick to it. Um, Been for a mediation contact, 
but my mum's never turned up. Um, I can see my daughter by sending emails calling. I, I think the dad is just basically, he's tried all avenues, I think, and I'm, I'm assuming he's awaiting a court contact, a court date. Yeah. But is there any other advice that he can... Not really. I mean, not really, Mark. You know, he just needs to wait for that court date to come through and then he can let the judge know um, and, and hopefully we can get contact up and running again for him. But it seems to me as if he's done all he can. Um, you know, without a court order, we can't push and we can't force anything, really. Yeah, so it's best to wait to go to court and yeah. court order is place, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah, because if mum isn't willing to engage and, you, and we keep telephoning or texting mum, then she might say, well, she's suffering with harassment or something, you know what I mean? Then she might start making other allegations that's just going to muddy the waters. So if he's reached out and he's getting nowhere, all he can do is sit back, which is frustrating, I know, but we've just got to let the process run its course. Yeah, I definitely know that feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll you, Tris. All right, thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. Yes, Tris. Bye bye. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Miramar, you are next. Take yourself off mute and ask me your question. Miramar, you may be new, so I'm going to invite Dizzy up as well because sometimes if people are on the mute and they're. Oh, there we go. Hello, hi. What's your question? Hi, do you hear me? I can. Um. Can I ask you a question, please? What's your question? Um, um, I have, um, I'm a survivor for domestic abuse for a long, long time. And I have a child arrangement order and uh, my ex-partner has a supervised contact. Um, he tried to change it a few times and he never succeeded. Last application was on the 13th of this month and was dismissed. He was in prison, just released recently again for breaches um, three non molestation orders and two restraining orders. My solicitor wants to go for none, no contact order. I am worried because I remember when I hear you all the time saying that's a very hard thing to get. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go into process and then he will end up with contact. He is very dangerous. The court asked him to do several therapies. He did not do anything. And even in contact center, he will buy drinks and he will drink alcohol with a child and stuff like that until the contact center stopped contact now saying we can't give contact with his father because he is dangerous mm-hmm. and he doesn't stick to any agreement. He is not safe for the child. Everybody agrees with him, all the experts, but there is no official report about it yet. Should I go towards that? And does that mean no contact order? The PR will be removed because we're harassed like all the time, all the time. As I told you last time, he was arrested at Christmas time and he was released just a few days ago. And I just don't know what to do. All right. So there's lots and lots of questions in there. Will the parental responsibility be removed if he doesn't get a contact order? Probably not. That's going to be a different application. Um, I think if you are relying on his bad behaviour, you do need to get some evidence to support that. And again, I say this for everyone else that's listening. When When a court is deciding on an order to make, it's not only listening to the evidence that it hears in the courtroom, but it's also reading the evidence. And, and that is a far greater way to persuade the court. So you say that all the professionals believe him and you have no reports. No, all the professionals do not believe him. The professionals support us. Okay, and well the then, so then... He has a report. Okay, yeah. 
So I, I'm not too sure you've got anything to worry about then. If you've got all of this professional support that, are, that is in a report to say that he's dangerous and that he drinks and all the rest of it, I'm not sure you've got too much to worry about. But speak There's to your... No official report. The only official report we had, we had a previous one. From so the get one. Which so get one. He five years only. Yeah. Speak, speak to your solicitor. Now, speak to your solicitor and tell them to yeah. get you report evidence you you need to get that evidence okay yeah from where yeah. that report needed to come well from from the, the from, we from, one. from the people sorry miramar so on one hand you're telling me that you haven't got reports and then you're saying you have so no, just li listen okay listen just listen to me sorry. for a second so if whatever so, evidence yeah. that you want to rely upon whether it be the contact yeah. centre or third-party yes. professionals, CAFCAS, social workers, school teachers or whatever, get reports yes. from them or evidence that you yes. can submit into court to prove what you're saying is true, okay? And speak to your solicitor if you're not sure about it because you've mentioned you, you have a solicitor, so speak to them about it. But if you can get written evidence in support of what they're saying verbally, then you are going to help your case. Yeah, Stacey, just, just uh, if, if Kafka is not involved now because the case is closed in 2021, he tried to go again and they dismissed him again, as I'm telling you. Um, but the contact centre can give me a report. Kafka, should I just go to them and ask for a report even if they're not involved? Well, I mean, they, if they're not, I'd, I'd be asking why they're not involved. The case is now, so I don't know. Okay, I think I think what you need to do, it's very difficult, Miramar, because obviously I don't know your case and, and you're asking me questions and I don't know the bigger context here. So I'm going to say go back and speak to your solicitor. But essentially, if you can get written evidence from these people to support your case, then get it. And your question to me then okay. was, well, if Kafkas aren't involved anymore, can we go back to Kafkas? Well, speak to your solicitor about that. Speak to your solicitor about oh, okay. what, why it is they're not involved anymore. Have they produced any evidence to date that could be submitted? I mean, 2021, that evidence would be seen as quite old. But that's essentially where you need to be going with it. OK? OK. Thank right. you. No Thank worries. You Thanks. Bye-bye. PPN, I'm going to come to you next. Um, let, there we go. Can I hear you? Hello. Hello. Hi. What's your question? Oh, amazing. So, um, basically, it's for my sister. My sister got married a couple of years ago um, to a chappy that she's been with for about five years. He has two children, one of which um, his mum lives in the local area and the other one um, is out of the area and he gained custody over through the courts. Now, they're separating now and um, he's not in any sort of way to look after children but the mum can't have custody of the daughter because it was a neglect thing and he's not suitable. So my sister wants to keep her. What is she? I mean, she's not got any parental responsibility. He holds that through the courts. So I don't know. What would you advise with that? What What's your sister's relationship to the child? Um, just a stepmother. It's all just through marriage. Okay, so, but they've separated now. They have. Yeah. And she's still living with my sister. Yeah. Because she's happy there and he's abusing substances. Okay. And has the child been with your sister for three years or more? 
Yes. Oh, great. Okay. Well, then she can make an application to the court using the C100 form. She's got a tick that she has to ask for permission um, because she doesn't have parental responsibility. But if the child has been living with her um, and and where's the mother, can I ask? Um, She's down um, in Plymouth. No, I mean, why hasn't she got the child? Is there a reason why the child's not living with mum? Oh, yeah. Um, so it was just neglect. Um, oh, okay. She was also abusing alcohol and oh, things like that. Okay, no worries. So, yeah, so if, if your sister's been a, a consistent in the child's life for three years or more, um, and obviously she's associated because she's married the child's father, then absolutely she can make a C100 application. Um, and the court would, obviously, dad's going to have to be served and made aware of it. But if dad's got alcohol and substance abuse, there's every chance that your sister will be able to have the child continue to live with her amazing and if he's asking to see the children at the moment yeah and um, would it be something she would she go through social services and say he's under the influence i don't want him seeing the children is she does she so, have a right to do that she well i wouldn't i wouldn't involve social services right now um i would simply be saying to dad no you're under the influence so you know i'm not going to let you see the children um, you know, you're, they're not going to be safe in your care. Ultimately, if dad disagrees with that, he makes the children's application to the court. But because your sister doesn't have PR, she's in a little bit of a vulnerable position. Um, obviously, yeah. dad's happy for the child to live with her. Um, but she, I think she really does need to make that C100 application. And then anything that happens in the interim, she can say no to dad if she feels he's, he's under the influence um, but, okay, and if it hasn't been three years, what happens then? Well, how long has it been? I'm not sure what it's been exactly. It might be around that time, but it might yeah. be just short of. Oh, yeah, just short of's fine. As long as it's not one or two, you know, if it was like two years and ten months, that's fine. Because by the time your sister gets to court, it's going to be nearly three years anyway. Um, so, yeah, as long as, long as it's close enough, that, that'll be fine. Okay, and just in case, what what happens if it isn't? Um, she may struggle to get an order. I'd still encourage right. her to make the application, still encourage her yeah. to make it, but she may struggle to get an order. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're, You're welcome. Saver. All right, then. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, it's nice to end on a high note. And what I didn't realise was that apparently PPN has been trying all evening to get on. So well done. Thank you to all my mods who helped PPN make it into the lounge, put her hand up and get asked a question. It was obviously meant to be because there was about three or four callers before her um, that I couldn't hear. And had I listened to their stories, I probably wouldn't have, would have run out of time. Oh, thank you so much, Dante. I appreciate that. Um, right, guys, that's another week of Family Law Questions with the Legal Queen done. Back here again on Monday at six o'clock. Hope you all enjoyed that. I know I did. It's great to be back. I did miss it, actually. As much as I enjoyed the break, I really did miss it. Um, so, yeah, take care of yourselves for the rest of this week. Um, apologies to those of you still with your hands up. Sorry, Mart, but I did I did come to you earlier, um, so I don't feel too bad. Um, but, yes, join me back again Monday at six, and I will hopefully be able to help some more of you with your family law queries. Until then, bye, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>